Greetings, everyone, and welcome to Forensic Radlett's FMLA Insights Podcast for January 2010. I'm Bill Picorni, and this week I am not here with my partner, Jeff Novak. Jeff's been called away on uh, important client business, uh, so I'll be flying solo for this podcast. The topic for today is what to do when an employee has exhausted all of their available leave under the FMLA. We hope you've all more or less recovered from the holidays and are enjoying a happy and productive start to the year. And before we get started, for those of you who aren't familiar with our firm, Franzic Radlett is a law firm of about 50 attorneys. We're located in Chicago, but we represent clients from coast to coast and just about everywhere in between. Our practice is focused exclusively on labor, employment, employee benefits, and education law. Um, I primarily represent and advise public and private employers in a wide range of labor and employment matters, including, of course, the Family and Medical Leave Act. This podcast is just one of the many value-added services that we offer to our clients and something that we make freely available on the web to assist all of those employers and HR professionals out there on the front lines administering FMLA leave. So our topic for this this week, as uh, many of our listeners hopefully know, the FMLA provides up to 12 weeks of FMLA leave. So when an employee exhausts those 12 weeks of leave, you can just go ahead and terminate them, right? Well, any problems with that approach? Yeah, there, there are a few. Um, let's talk first about employer policies and collective bargaining agreements. It should go without saying that if an employee still has leave available under uh, a collective bargaining agreement, that even if they exhaust uh, all 12 of their weeks of FMLA leave, they uh, would still be entitled to any additional leave that uh, they're eligible for under the, the applicable, applicable agreement or policy. Um, unfortunately, it's uh, not uh, a rare occurrence that employers uh, forget to check all their policies or don't correctly apply them, and that can lead to disputes, grievances, uh, et cetera. So um, just a bit of common sense. Make sure that you're correctly applying your own policies and that uh, you're treating employees employees who are on FMLA leave uh, just as you would treat uh, employees on uh, comparable forms of non-FMLA leave. Um, there's also a question of how you deal with uh, employees who are on FMLA leave for a workers' comp claim. Um, the FMLA, uh, of course, does apply even if an injury uh, that results in the employee's serious health condition is work-related and is compensable under workers' compensation. Um, so uh, you should be designating that leave as FMLA leave. Now, when an employee exhausts their FMLA leave, uh, they may still be out on workers' compensation. And then the question becomes, uh, do you have an obligation to continue providing them with leave? Well, of course, terminating an employee who's out on workers' comp can have consequences for the value of their workers' compensation claim uh, and may dramatically increase the amount that you may have to pay to settle that claim if it's a, a sound claim. Um, but uh, at least in Illinois, the Workers' Compensation Act does not uh, by itself require employers to keep employees who are unable to return to work uh, out on leave. Um, so assuming that uh, your other policies uh, uh, don't provide for any additional leave and the employer has exhausted uh, any available leave under the FMLA, it might be uh, permissible to go ahead and uh, terminate the employee even if uh, he or she is out on workers' compensation leave uh, or out for a, a, a work-related injury, I should say. But there's one more uh, statute that we need to consider here, uh, and that is the Americans with Disabilities Act and, of course, the, the state analogs to the ADA, which here in Illinois would be the Illinois Human Rights Act. 
Um, both the ADA and the Illinois Human Rights Act require employers to provide reasonable accommodations for uh, employees with disabilities. And if you've followed the ADA uh, recently at all, you'll be aware that the definition of disability under the ADA has been substantially expanded by recent amendments uh, such that pretty much any employee who has a uh, relatively extended uh, injury or illness, uh, there's a very good chance that they would be considered disabled uh, under the Americans with Disabilities Act as they, the, uh, the language uh, currently exists. It's still a case-by-case analysis and uh, may or may not uh, apply in your situation, but um, the the general rule of thumb uh, under the amended law is when in doubt, consider the employee to be disabled. And if the employee is indeed disabled, you need to consider reasonable accommodations. So let's take the example of an employee who's exhausted all their available leave under the FMLA and any applicable bargaining agreement or policies. Um, the question is, is it okay to go ahead and terminate the employee uh, under the ADA? Well, the um, deal with the ADA is that you have to provide reasonable accommodations for a qualified individual with a disability. And the Act specifically and the regulations uh, promulgated by the EEOC specifically identify leave as a potential accommodation that's required. But there are limits. Um, an accommodation is uh, something that enables an employee to do the essential functions of their job. Uh, employers don't have to excuse employees from performing those essential functions as an accommodation under the ADA. Uh, and uh, particularly here in the Seventh Circuit, there's a very good case law for employers uh, to that effect, that you don't have to excuse employees from performing something that's genuinely an essential function of the job uh, to uh, accommodate their disability under the ADA. So while a short leave may be uh, something that would allow an employee to return to work at the end of that leave, courts have said that more extended or indefinite leaves uh, are not reasonable accommodations because they don't facilitate an employee's return to work. Instead, they excuse the employee from working. Now, where is the line drawn between a short leave and an extended or indefinite leave? Um, there's no real bright line, unfortunately. This is all done on a case-by-case basis, uh, and uh, the case law has uh, drawn the line in various places. But generally speaking, if you're looking at uh, a week or two of leave, uh, that may be a reasonable accommodation you're required to provide. Uh, if you're looking at uh, months of leave, uh, that starts to get into the territory of unreasonable. But suppose you have an employee who's already been out on an extended uh, leave under the FMLA. They've had their weeks and weeks of leave. Uh, you've got an employee who's been out 11 full weeks, for example. Every couple of weeks, it's fairly common that you'll get a, a work status report or a duty status report that says that the employee will be out another couple of weeks. On Monday of the 12th week, you get the same note. It says the employee will be out another couple of weeks. Now, to determine whether the employee is qualified, that is able to do the essential functions of the job, you have to look at it, according to the courts, at the time that you're making an employment decision as to whether the employee is entitled to uh, additional leave. So if at the end of your 12-week FMLA period, you've got a uh, report from the doctor that says the employee can come back in one week or two weeks, 
At that period of time, uh, the EEOC and the courts may very well say that the employee is a qualified individual because all he's asking for is another couple of weeks. Even though he's exhausted all leave available under the FMLA, even though he's already exhausted all leave available under the employer's policies, um, the ADA may require uh, extending the leave that additional period. So does that mean that you've got to allow an employee to string you along indefinitely by telling you every two weeks that he'll be back in another two weeks? No, at some point, the, the pattern makes it clear that the employee is not going to be back anytime soon. Um, but the uh, employer should be aware that, particularly here in Illinois and uh, in the areas covered by the Chicago District Office of the EEOC, that the, uh, the EEOC has taken an extremely employee-favorable view on this. A colleague of mine recently remarked that she's seen cases where it seems like the EEOC would like to allow uh, employees to remain on leave pretty much indefinitely. Um, the current case law certainly doesn't support that position, but when dealing with these situations, we really strongly suggest looking carefully at the individual employee situation, the medical documentation you've got. If it looks like an employee might be able to come back in a few weeks, consider allowing the additional leave and uh, certainly call uh, your employment attorney before you decide to go ahead with the termination. Um, there's never a guarantee that you won't be sued, but spending a little money on some sound legal advice up front could save you uh, tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars in litigation costs down the road. Uh, this is not a, a situation to uh, just roll the dice and hope for the best. That's the podcast for today. We hope you find uh, these programs helpful, and we really do appreciate your feedback, either positive or constructively critical. Please do let us know if you uh, find this uh, helpful, and feel free to contact us with any questions or issues you'd like us to cover in future editions of the podcast. To do that, you can call or email uh, either me, Bill Pokorny, or Jeff Novak directly. Our contact information is available on our website at www.franzek.com, and that's F-R-A-N-C-Z-E-K, or just send us a message at fmla at franzek.com. This podcast is a free production of Franzek Radlett. Franzek Radlett's podcast and website are intended for general informational purposes only and are not legal advice. While we encourage your feedback, please do not send us any confidential information unless you are a client of our firm, as your communications with us may not be privileged.